Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining us on Michigan Minds today. I'm really looking forward to hearing your expertise and sharing some of this information with our audience today. But could you please start us off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your role at the University of Michigan? I'm Dwayne Campbell. I'm a psychologist here at CAPS, and I'm also the assistant director for psychology training. My pronouns are he, him, his. And in my role here at Michigan, uh, I primarily provide services to students, but I also run our American Psychological Association, our APA accredited internship in health service psychology. Fantastic. Thank you. Could you share a little bit about CAPS, which just I want to make sure everyone listening knows is the U of M Counseling and Psychological Services at the institution. So could you share some information and some of the clinical services that are available? Yes, definitely. So CAPS offers free and confidential counseling. We provide individual couples, groups. We have crisis services, case management, monthly lunch series. We also have uh, drop-in workshops such as Anxiety Toolbox. We have screenings for things like AOD, alcohol and drugs, and any concerns and body image. And we also have things such as trauma-informed services for survivors of sexual assault, violence, eating concerns, body image, and also gender-affirming services for trans and non-binary students. Our lunch series are set up to provide support for We provide support for students in a variety of ways. For example, we have uh, individual groups for female identified students. We also have individual groups for graduate students. And we also have, um, we try to engage our student audience in ways that address the multiple needs of the students. Um, So we think about multiple marginalized communities on campus with different comfort levels as far as mental health. So we try and reach out to them. So our lunch series taps into some of those different needs since it's, since you know some students don't feel as comfortable coming in to counseling center given the stigma. So we try and reach out to them through our lunch series. That sounds like an incredibly important element and uh, really, really amazing that you are making the effort to reach out to students directly um, to really help reduce that stigma. So thank you so much for sharing more about the lunch series. So as we near the middle of the fall semester, which is a very busy time for students with midterm exams and assignments, how can students ensure that they are taking care of their mental health while staying consistent with their academic performance? I often think about this with students as, um, so many students will engage in behaviors that either they, you know, they carried over from their high school, things like that, um, or even things they picked up from others around them, but they don't always think about how their behavior may impact them when it comes to just coping and being successful. So I'll give you an example of this. I, I, I was a good example of this as a student. Um, and I, I think about these things as like the, uh, sometimes there's this perfect storm of things that happen for students, and then I always think about it. So uh, I was a student as an undergrad and I was a resident advisor or RA. I also was uh, working part-time and I had to go courses. And I remember one week I was 
a pulling an all-nighter. Um, I was drinking lots of caffeine. I was not working out like I normally would. I was also um, not, you know, spending time with friends. Um, and I had a panic attack that week. And it's kind of like the perfect storm, which I also see a lot of our students do. Um, you know, students will, um, for example, cut out the things that help them do well. For example, they'll cut out sleep. They'll cut out time connecting with friends. They'll cut out their exercise. And that helps them to cope. That helps them to get through. They also pump in lots of caffeine into your body. And that just makes you anxious and that will overwhelm you. Um, some, and they also can be very critical of themselves. They will, you know, for example, say, you know, uh, they'll engage in catastrophic thinking, for example, like, oh, if I don't do well on this test, I won't get a good job. I won't be successful. I won't have a good life. And that's just, you know, one test in college is not going to make or break your life. Um, but we can engage in all these things that ramp up our heads and make us anxious and overwhelm us. So I encourage students to, you know, hold on to things that help them with a sense of wellness, like good sleep, exercise, spend time doing some relaxing things that you enjoy. Um, you know, try make sure you're eating on a regular basis, even if you just pack some snacks in a bag and you just eat them snacking here and there. And then also, you know, for example, uh, you know, avoid, um, watch it with the caffeine. You know, try not to drink too much of that, those sodas or coffee and things like that. Yeah, those are some of the things. I, um, I have a sheet I often go to my clients and even students at your presentation. It's called Ways to Stay Stressed. It uses humor just to get students to think about, like, what are you doing that might be making things worse? Um, so. So another another type of um, stress or a type of depression, you know, in thinking about seasonal affective disorder, um, which is related to changes in the season and often symptoms can start in the fall and carry over into the winter months where people feel this decrease in energy and a shift in their mood. So can you share a little bit about why these changes in mental health occur and what are some signs and symptoms that people should look out for? Seasonal affective disorder um, is not really well understood exactly, for example, the causes of it. Um, but there are, there are some things that we believe are related to it. So some of the things we think about is, is the, the impact of the sun on us. And we know often a lot of us can relate to that. When we're out in the sun, we often feel good. We enjoy the summer months. So as we move towards the fall and winter, the amount of sun decreases. And as the uh, amount of sunlight goes down, especially in the northern parts of the world or those of us above the equator, uh, and that includes Michigan, <laughs> um, you know, that impacts us. So you're getting less sunlight. Uh, that impacts your circadian rhythm in your, in your body, things like that. The reduced level of sunlight in fall and winter um, can cause the onset of seasonal affective disorder. Essentially, it's decreasing the sunlight. Uh, it disrupts your body's internal clock, um, which can lead to feelings of sadness. It also can impact serotonin levels. So reduced sunlight causes a drop in serotonin that triggered depressed mood and things like that. And serotonin is a chemical in the brain, a neurotransmitter that affects mood. We also find that when it comes to um, the change in weather, it can impact melatonin in the body and things like that, which plays a role in sleep patterns and mood. So that's also impacted. And finally, another thing we think is going on here is that vitamin D levels. Um, some vitamin D is produced in the skin when it's exposed to sunlight um, and it can boost serotonin levels. So we know that less sunlight 
leads to often sometimes being less vitamin D. Um, and also you can, you know, for example, um, we give it different foods also, but again, we can miss those aspects from the sun. So all those seems to be playing a role. And then of course, a person can also have a family history. So you think about um, a person's biological history and baseline, and then you factor in all these other pieces and it can add to it and cause some of the difficulties. Are there any strategies that you would suggest or any ways that individuals can make that transition a little bit easier on their mental health? Well, I, I think um, a couple of things to note, for, for many people, it, it just gets better in the sense of like, as the, as the spring comes in, you find that it gets better. However, there are some things that a person might want to note. For example, like there are symptoms that often go along with this. You talked about, talked about the feeling more down, lower energy, um, having problems sleeping too much, concentration. Um, now, if you find that you are having problems with hopelessness, uh, feeling worthless, or for example, having thoughts on that want to live suicide ideation, we definitely want you to reach out and get support. There are some things that I, I think that can be important in the sense of like prevention. Some of the things I encourage people to do is, for example, um, be mindful of wellness factors. And some of the things I kind of talked about earlier in the sense of like sleep, diet, exercise, um, connecting with others, all those things are important. Um, light therapy can help make a difference. And light therapy is essentially, um, you know, for example, um, we have in TAPS, we have, I, I think the nickname is what's called sad lamps, but um, that's not probably not the official, that's not the official name for them, but uh, it's supposed to simulate sunlight and it's supposed to help people when they are impacted by seasonal affective disorder significantly. So we have one of those lamps in the CAPS Wellness Zone on the fourth floor of the Michigan Union. So I encourage you all to come by and check it out. Um, and there are instructions on there how to use that light and things like that, recommendations. Um, other things, getting outside and you know, getting some sunlight. And, and obviously I wanna recognize you know, that um, UV rays are harmful. So definitely you know, talking with your doctor and um, you know, following, you know, just checking things out. Um, when it comes to, you know, access and how much you're outside and managing that appropriately. Another intervention, I think, is talk therapy. Uh, coming in, talking with the counselor, getting support that way. Uh, we also have uh, medications that can be helpful. Um, you know, uh, so there's a range of things a person can look at and try out. Uh, and when you come into CAPS or other resources, a counselor should be talking about all these different resources and different interventions and letting you figure out which ones you feel more comfortable with. Thank you so much for sharing all that information. In relation to your work and practice at CAPS, are there any resources that you can share for people to use to learn more about strategies for overall mental health and well-being? Yeah, so I don't know if there are a lot of the things I've talked about already, you will find some of that on the website. So some of you might, might be up there or be listening to this, might be trying to take notes and jot things down. You can go to the CAPS website and find a lot of this stuff, um, including uh, some of the stuff I talked about, some of those wellness factors and ways to you know, reduce your stress. So on our website, under resources, you'll find something called My Talk. And under My Talk, you'll find things such as identity material, academic skills, sleep information, stress management, tests, anxiety, 
time management. So all these resources, you'll find material on coping with anxiety, depression, alcohol and drugs, PTSD, et cetera. So all that's under my talk. And it talks about just lots of different ways of coping it and um, things to be mindful of. There's also the Stress Busters app, which I think is wonderful. Um, the Stress Busters app is, is nice in the sense that you all don't have to do much more um, than download the app on your phone. And that app is something that taps specifically into, um, you can see it here, it's tapped specifically, we have a Michigan unit on here. So if you go under the app under Sonic Spa, you'll find things, for example, like, like a guided breathing techniques, um, in case you're going to stress, you find stuff on here as far as, um, you know, you want to take a nap and you want some relaxing music. So something along with like rain, um, you have things also to, you know, help you sleep at night. So lots of resources. And, and this app also taps into events on campus that CAPS has taken place. So let's say you can't keep up, um, like, oh, I didn't know about CAPS was doing this. If you go to this app and use it, you'll find, for example, our launch series are listed on here. You're finding some of our drop-in programs, things like that. Um, so it's just a great app. And then finally, I want to say we have also online screenings available if you want to check out those to kind of get a sense of like, you know, I think I may be depressed, but I'm not sure though. So you can take some of the screenings. And then also there's relaxation videos in there also. Thank you so much. And as we approach the end of our time allotted for our conversation today, I like to ask everyone who comes on Michigan Minds for one takeaway. What is one thing that you really hope everyone listening remembers from the information that you've shared? I would say that CAPS is always here for you as a resource. And it's something I didn't talk about, but I, I want to tap into some of the, sometimes people make, um, make assumptions about CAP services, who is for and who is not. And sometimes people will hear that, oh, you know, counseling is for, you know, CAPS is for serious problems. You know, for example, um, I may, for them, I think I'm having suicidal thoughts, but yes, it's for that, but it's also for people who are struggling when it comes to, you know, move where it's not that bad as far as like having suicidal thoughts. Uh, and sometimes we also think, well, CAPS, you know, um, it's a long way to get in. You know, if you're mid-semester, you know, yes, we get a high demand, we, CAPS is a high demand throughout the year and it is higher in the middle of the semester. And at the same time though, we have multiple ways of entering our system. You can set up an ongoing appointment uh, or a, a separate appointment, but you also can talk with our counselor on duty. And we have uh, crisis walk-ins. So basically you as a student, when you come in, you can look at it and say, for example, like, okay, can I wait for an appointment? Maybe it's the same week, maybe it's a week away. Or for example, maybe you say, you know, you know, say, you know what, I wanna to talk to someone today and you can do that. That's available to you. And sometimes students think that I can't be seen the same day or I have to wait until this time. No, if you're struggling, if you feel like you can't wait, that's okay to ask to speak to the counselor on duty. The other thing I wanna say is that we have after hour services. So when we're closed, you can call our main number and press zero and speak to someone. And I want people to know about that. And then also we have our wellness zone, which is like we have massage chairs in the wellness zone. When I say massage chairs, not those like, won't be like a, a, like a pad of material that massages you in a, like in a regular chair. This is like those 
oversized chairs that you might see like on some sci-fi show. <laughs> uh, massages your back, your butt, your feet. It's just, a, a, they're wonderful chairs. So I encourage students come try them out. We have the sad lamp I mentioned and also other resources. Um, so I just want people to not forget about that and know that you and your mental health is important because think about it this way, to be successful as a student, you have to take care of yourself. Someone said this once, you can't fill the cup of others if your cup is empty. That's one way to think about it. But even about this way, to be, I think about it, for example, when it comes to learning, you know, maybe some of us, our students might like, it might, this might hit more home for you. To process and learn most efficiently, efficiently, you need to be getting good sleep, taking care of yourself, and anxiety, like a sleep that interferes with that learning and processing of information. So when you want to optimize and be the best student, you need to take care of yourself. So that self-care is a part of that academic success. So you study hard, you and things like that. You go to class, you do talk to your professors, things like that. And then you also engage in good self-care. Because if you break down that one side, you might think, oh, I'm fine. Um, but you'll find, you will find that later on your academics, you're, you're compromising and you're not learning as well as you could. So if you want to be a good student, you know, yeah, you know, your self-care and mental health is very important. It's all, all part of it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us on Michigan Minds. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.